Hello, welcome to the eighth episode of Mega Ten Marathon. It's a game by game journey through the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games. I am Paul and Davis, and who am I here with? It's me, Brian Static. And I'm Evan. And you may have noticed there's only three of us and not a fourth person. Serg is not with us for this episode. He, uh, We know we tried so hard, but this was already becoming such a daunting task. We, we started this, I want to say, almost a month ago on this particular game. So we're just ready to get this over with. And uh, just conflicting schedules meant that we had to lose Serg for this one. But uh, I believe, Paul, you have some plans to catch up with him. Yeah, I'm going to try and do uh, at least uh, a little separate recording of uh, final final impressions from him and uh, mix them in, uh, add them two hours at the end of the episode. So, and I, Yeah, and I'm sure he's got some is. thoughts on the stuff we're going to cover that he'd, he'd want to, you know, voice. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so no Fletch. We're sorry to see him go, but... Uh, He'll be back. Know. He'll be back. Don't he you worry, be. podcast listeners. He'll be back. Um, so yeah, yeah, here we are in the final, the mercifully final episode <laughs> about, uh, Shin Megami Tensei 1. Um, fortunately, I think it gets a little more interesting in this, uh, in this, uh, seg- section of the game than in previous ones. So, um, does anybody, uh, want to do a quick recap of what came before? Yeah, so on the last episode of Megaton Marathon, uh, we were talking about Shimagami Tensei 1 Part 2. Uh, in that episode, we were deposited in the wastelands of Tokyo, 30 years after the apocalypse. Uh, we rescued uh, our friend from uh, a demon who had possessed her mind, our friend who was reincarnated. Uh, we fought a bunch of creepy dads keeping their ghost daughter alive. Uh, we fought a computer and a bunch of Robocops as a total non sequitur, and then eventually we started discovering more and more about this growing battle between the forces of law and the forces of chaos. Uh, the forces of law, ruled by the god of law, Yahweh, uh, want to build a cathedral on Earth in order to allow God to descend from the heavens and create his millennial kingdom. Uh, the forces of chaos want the opposite. They want to destroy the cathedral and break God's hold from the world, allowing demons and humans to live in harmony. And uh, where we left off last time, we were on the bridge to Tokyo Destiny Land. Uh, we met a demon named Cerberus, our old buddy from Episode One, and we are ready to we're ready to go to not quite Disney World. So yes, you are in not Disneyland, uh, Tokyo, but Tokyo Destiny Land, um, and you will find that your chaos buddy has returned, and he has a girlfriend. Um, I know. He warns you that uh, Tokyo Destiny Land is uh, ruled by the great goddess Lady the Echidna, which uh, is not a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog uh, deviant art uh, profile, but uh, actually a. Uh, well, you're saying it's not, but did you actually check? Let's take a look. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, we should probably vet this. Go on. Don't worry about me. Okay. So you go into uh, what is an incredibly complex and annoying dungeon. Uh, the second, third, and fourth floors are full of the warp zones that are popular in uh, RPGs of this vintage. Um, they take you between different parts of the other floors. Um, and it's just generally, you know, like a, like all of these things. It's just a big headache. Um 
first floor that you come across has a mini game where uh, you can give your alignment bumps in any direction that you might need. Though, uh, at this point, you know, like any kind of alignment bump is probably not that major. We're going to do some uh, serious alignment shifts later on. Um, If you guys just heard that, that is a Slack notification indicating to you all that I have found Lady the Enchidna on DeviantArt. Oh, you have indeed. (laughs) (laughs) It's nothing Uh, all that special to the viewers at home. It's just sort of like... um, a more uh, voluptuous Sonic the Hedgehog character drawing. Yeah. Uh, bearing some midriff. That's just some very basic purple line art. But just the fact that you can pretty much type any name, the, any animal into DeviantArt and find something is... It's just a part of the internet that... It just gives me hope for the future, you know? You know, yeah. it used to it used to depress me and um, kind of uh, make me lose hope in humanity, but now it actually kind of gives me joy. You know, I yeah, mean, it, it, these it's, people it's, are just doing their thing, and uh, if they want to draw weird furry Sonic the Hedgehog furry art, then you know, good for them. Exactly. Good yeah, it's like for seeing, them. It's like seeing a guy that used to be kind of creepy at the bar, but then you go there often enough, you see him enough times, and he's just he's just comforting. <laughs> Drawn his word hedgehogs. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, Lady the Enchidna. Uh, yeah, Tokyo Destiny Land. It is, su- you know, surprisingly recognizable art for this really basic sprite art. I definitely seeing that went. Oh yeah, that looks like Disneyland. Yeah, it is. It is very, uh, very iconic imagery, I guess. So, uh, yeah, there's this mini-game where you uh, can uh, give your alignment bumps. You can uh, check your alignment by looking at the world map, and uh, you can tell this by how your character icon spins. What? No way. You're fucking yeah. with me, right? No, no. No, no that, yeah, that's, that's how you do it in a lot of, the, what? A lot of these games. <laughs> I had no idea. That is the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. Ah, shaking nervously if you're neutral. Yeah, counterclockwise is chaos, clockwise is law. Um, Your weird little uh, Google Map uh, waypoint marker moving around. (laughs) Um, Tells you whether you're down with uh, God or Lucifer or... uh, Neutros, God of neutrality. (laughs) Neutros, yes. Um... So once you make it through the hell of the intertwined floors, you'll find another demon summoner who wants to take your comp. This is uh, not the first one. If you remember the past episode, there was a bunch of these guys who, you know, want to take your comp, and they send these waves of demons against you that you have to beat. Uh, You beat the summoner. That's never that hard. And you get a powerful demon to join your partner. So I have a question for you guys. Uh, Is this random? I mean, I mean... I fought the guy. I got a demon. I'm specifically wondering if the demon you get is random. I don't remember who the demon is, but I, I yeah, I don't know. I got this floaty I, dude with squinty eyes. <laughs> it might be a random thing because I fused my demon almost immediately because he, like, he he was high level but not very didn't have any useful skills. Ah, okay. At at this point, I was still in that glut where I wasn't getting uh, enough high enough level demons and he just happened to be at the right level that I needed. So I kept him around for a while. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, 
So then you get to uh, Lady Kidna, who uh, sort of looks like a uh, goth vampire out of some, like, shitty 90s sci-fi or horror show. Probably part snake. Yeah. You don't really know. You don't actually see that much of her body. Because, yeah, uh, echidnas and snakes are very, you know are known for being very similar. Exactly. Um, so she just has a bunch of... She just needs to like take a session out on you. Um, she's got a lot of lot of grievances. She says, "I stay here, guarding Destiny Land, with my life against those who would destroy the us." You may not be aware of it, but those who worship Yahweh are scheming to impose their yoke on the entire world, conquering it totally. And uh, this will come up again. Uh, and then she goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, along these lines, um, basically, she's saying God has an evil scheme. Then tells you you believe in him or you go to hell. Those are your options, and he's a real bastard. And you know, are are we facing off against the Old Testament God specifically in these games? See, the weird thing is, like, there's no concept of hell in the Old Testament, as far as I know. And like, a lot of the angels seem to be like medieval fabric like things that were created in the medieval era and like there's a he seems to be an old testament god in a lot of respects but then it also kind of draws things from more modern theology and i think the real answer is we're dealing with a kind of muddy foggy japanese idea of the christian god yeah it's it's the kind of idea where uh, like i could sort of tell you what ragnarok is but if i told a norseman it he'd be mad at me yeah or like you know if in some insane case i was trying to describe to you all um uh, Lao Tzu, the uh, scholar who founded Taoism, I would have almost no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, which is kind of the, uh, you know, it's it's the Shin Megami Tensei uh, blender of uh, folklore and religion. And uh, it is one of its charms. So, uh, basically, like in uh, Megami Tensei 2, Yahweh came to power by turning the other gods into demons. Uh, killing their worshippers until only he was left. And I'm assuming that's going to be a plot thread that keeps recurring throughout the series. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, I love it so much. That's my So far, that's my favorite piece of mythology that this game has produced. Uh, yeah, it's, it's done with a little more, uh, little more nuance in the later games, but it's definitely a running, running theme. Oh, sure. And I, I, I heard something about Strange Journey that I'm trying my best to forget about until I find it in the game. But, <laughs> oh man, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, Lady the Echidna is, uh, helping the guy in church restore the old era of gods. And, uh, she asks you to kill an angel for you. Or for her. And um, if you're on the Chaos Path, Echidna uh, forces you to uh, execute Aniel. Um, I was not sure. I, w- I followed the Chaos Path. Uh, my impression is that she is considered your antagonist if you're not on the Chaos Path. Yep, absolutely. It's You either kill Haniel or you kill Echidna. Um what uh so I assumed because it happened to me, I was on the law path as a reminder, and just in case anyone forgot, Evan is on the third option um in my game, I had to go to Enkidna first, then to Haniel, and then i I could uh decide between the two, kind of like how the ambassador worked in the first section of the game, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that was um, how it worked for me too. Yes. So I'm wondering if maybe I was still considered neutral by the game standards because I hadn't done quite enough to align myself with law yet. So something I definitely read uh, from the facts, and I, I did a little bit of searching about alignment stuff because um, uh, the neutral path isn't actually very well covered in any of the facts for some of the side stuff you have to do. And it sounds like there are degrees. Like if you are if you hit a certain threshold, they'll just stop dealing with you altogether. But if you're pretty close, they'll treat you as neutral enough. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I did the same thing where I had to go to her first. She talked to me and she's like, hey, I want you to kill this angel for me. Then I went to the angel and he's like – or I went to the, the next section. He's like, oh, well, I want you to kill this person for me. So yeah, they, they, they gave me a choice as well. I think you're getting set up too because the chaos path, um, basically she wants you to okay. execute Haniel. And if you make that choice, then that's another thing setting you down the, the road to the chaos path. Oh, for sure. Oh, but yeah, so with uh, with Echidna spoken to or possibly killed, depending on which path you're on, uh, it's time to head back to Shinagawa. That is the um, city of law from the previous episode. Uh, once you've met Echidna, the official representation of chaos, it is time to meet the uh, people who are in charge of the law path. Uh, this time you meet your law buddy, who, if you remember, we left him for dead in the basement of that weird, creepy city with the two dads keeping the girl alive. Oh, yeah. Um, he has a new buddy. He's dressed kind of like a pope, but in a way more fashionable robe. And um, he's back with a new body, new power, and the wisdom of God and his thousand-year kingdom. No, I uh, assume he, that's their interpretation of them trying to portray him as a leader. Just, you know, pope. I can get that. <laughs> yeah. He's got a big uh, but, hat. That means he's in charge. <laughs> big hat, big robe, big authority. All right. Yeah, so he he's decided to help God enact uh, his thousand-year kingdom as God's Messiah. Uh, but he says there are too many demons around for him to defeat even with God's power and asks you to kill a local powerful demon named Lady Echidna. Uh, since I'm doing the neutral path, which involves making everybody mad, uh, I said no. And then out of nowhere, a voice boomed saying, It was good of you to try to convince him, but I, but this person can't be reasoned with. And then Divine Haniel shows up, who looks like one of the um, – kind of like a Dante's Inferno style or a Divine Comedy style illustration of an angel with basically just a torso surrounded by red wings. Uh, but Haniel shows up. He's a fairly easy boss fight, but depending on which demons you have, he can be a real pain in the ass uh, because he's the first one you encounter uh, that casts a lot of Hama. Uh, Hama is an instant kill for dark demons. Uh, so chaos demons in this game, uh, he's fairly easy to resist if you have neutral or law demons, and it doesn't affect humans at all. Uh, so as long as you're as long as you're able to deal with that, it's a pretty simple fight. Um, if you've listened to our previous episodes, you might real you might suspect the winning strategy of this fight. Um, there's a spell called Zianga that does lightning damage, and if you deal lightning damage, they can't attack for the entire turn. Uh, uh, so you just do that a bunch. Answer. Yeah, and the cool thing is the. Um, your neutral buddy gets the strongest lightning spell in the game, as far as I know. So you can just shock, shock away. He'll never hit you once. Uh, it's very nice that they gave you the most useful elemental skill on the one magic user you're for sure going to have, no matter where you, what you do. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the, it's one, the, one of the better design choices of this game. There's one boss later on that took me nearly 20 minutes that I'll talk to you guys about, where the... It's really frustrated me, but yeah, for most of the game, it's very useful having her in your party. <laughs> uh, but after you meet Haniel, uh, the law buddy, he's he's really alarmed. You just killed basically his boss, uh, so he runs away, and that yeah. And if you're on the chaos path, uh, 
since you're here to uh, help Kidna uh, prevent the incompletion of the Great Cathedral, uh, you basically, from your outset, uh, your introductory dialogue with the law hero, you tell him to beat him, or uh, you tell him to beat it. A uh, voice comes down and tells law hero that reasoning with you is impossible, and then Hanil reveals itself. And uh, after beating him, the angel decides to throw you to the flames of the abyss itself. Cool. Yeah. Yep. More badass than that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. So what does that actually mean? That means uh, he tries to punch you and cast hammer. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Fair enough. Not a whole lot. And then he's dead, right? Mm-hmm. But actually not in my game. And he'll survive. Because I agree to help him go kill Lady Echidna, and Evan, I'm dragging you along because I assume you got to go kill her too. Oh yeah! And by the but, way, when you show up after killing Haniel, she is delighted. She absolutely. Oh, you, oh wow! You killed him for me. That's fantastic. And I assume the same thing would happen if you did it the other order. Yeah, probably. But yeah, so I come to I come to fight Lady Echidna, and her boss fight is notable in that there's no actual boss sprite, and you're just fighting a portrait. Yeah, it looks really weird. <laughs> There are a lot of bosses in this game where I think like, huh, well, I guess that's technically a boss. We should talk about it. Uh, but this one kind of takes the cake. Uh, I This is going to be a theme with some of the later bosses. I just set it to auto attack and it was over in like a second or two. Yeah, this is definitely the point where for some reason I had been struggling for a super long time and then suddenly nothing became an issue again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, there were some things, but they were minor things, though, because uh, we'll talk about my endgame strategy pretty soon. And it, I, I told it to the guys, and it seemed to work for them too. Yep. Eight plus would do again. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you're uh, on the chaos path, uh, Kidda congratulates you on defeating Haniel and tells you that the Gaians are about to mount an assault on the Great Cathedral itself. And so this is pretty uh, pretty important uh, if you're uh, going to uh, choose to actually go on the chaos path. Uh, she asks you to help the Gaian effort by preventing the uh, Messians from summoning God. And this is, uh, doing this will be your first massive shift towards chaos. Um, Echidna then creates a bridge from Tokyo Destiny Land to the Great Cathedral. But, uh, before you go there, you want to, uh, join the chaos path by being baptized into the Gaian cult. And so that is, uh, pretty much, uh, your, uh, marching orders for uh, the chaos path after, uh, dealing with Echidna and Hanil. Unfortunately, if you're going the neutral route, you have no advice from anybody because you just killed the only two people that have ever told you what you should do next. Uh, so with Echidna dead and with Haniel dead, and with neither of your Chaos or Law buddies too pleased with you, uh, supposedly you just wander around for a while. But if you're like me and you read the fact, uh, you head back to Ginza. Uh, back in the sewers of Ginza, you find a little side path, uh, an underground passage into the cathedral. Halfway there, you meet a mysterious old man. He tells you... That with all the contention over the cathedral between the forces of law and chaos, the outcome for humans is going to be bad either way. 
Essentially that no matter who wins, both sides are just looking to use humanity as a pawn to use and dominate. And once you get that little piece of advice and hint of foreshadowing, uh, you head into the cathedral. So, law path, you go back to Haniel, he opens a bridge for the cathedral for you. That's pretty much it. Nothing really major digressions there. Um, I might as well say at this point in the game, you can uh, go and get the law armor on the law side, uh, the Jesus armor. you got to be level 65. I was level like 54. And I've told you guys this, that I will make a good faith effort to do any side quests in these games. And um, this game is impossible to grind in. I just, I cannot forcibly gain levels. It takes too long. Even if you have auto battle, even if you have the proper demon setup, it's just, you're getting a few hundred when at every battle and, uh, you're to, to upgrade. It's like 20, 30,000 at a time at this point in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something I realized when I got here, um, before I fought Haniel, I was massively underleveled and I was getting levels real fast from the demons in a kidness hole area, but that stopped after like, I was getting a level like every three fights, and then it was nothing. Uh, and I, th- I think the leveling for random encounters in this game seemed to be balanced more toward helping you catch up if you're underleveled rather than serving as a way to level further. Yeah, yeah. That's actually might be exactly what it is because I was – bosses uh, around this point in the game just were like – it's like only boss fights are worth fighting at this point. Anyway, so uh, we go from here and we go to this giant I- a giant island with a cathedral on it. Uh, you go to the basement. The Law and the Chaos Buddies are both here, standing across the hall from one each other, arguing. Chaos Buddy thinks Law Buddy is creepy, swallowing whatever stories God and the angels feed him. Law Buddy is frustrated because no matter how many times he tries to talk to him, Chaos Buddy just won't listen. The Messians are trying to summon God to Earth, but can't because the Gaians invaded and are fighting for control in the cathedral. Uh, whoever you're aligned with, I believe, tells you about the four gods of Tokyo. Who told you, Evan? Nobody. Uh, so there, there's actually a. I'll get into the side path a little bit later. There's a weird side path you have to go down to find out about the gods, but it's kind of a pain in the ass. Ah, uh, okay. So they tell you about the four gods of Tokyo. Uh, there's Bishamonten to the north, Jokukuten to the east, Komokuten to the south, and Zochuten to the west. You soon find out that these are just names and they mean nothing. Oh wait, both. Both buddies tell me about this. That's ah, both buddies. Okay. The weird side quest is something else. Okay, okay. Um, so, um, yeah, it just totally depends on which hero you're with, but uh, whoever you're aligned with will pretty much go tell you to go prove your own strength and just just get out there. Show them what, show them what it is. Um, in between that and there, you should probably get baptized, though. You got to get baptized first. And uh, so on the law path, it's pretty simple. You just go to where Hanian was and you say yes. If you're playing the translated patch, you will find a terrible glitch here that requires you to load an unloaded patch and sort of just force your way yes into that baptism. But for the most part, that's it. You're baptized and you're good to go. Let's go fight the four kings. But on the chaos side, it looks like you actually got a little more to do for your baptism. Yeah, you got to go to uh, Ueno which is the location of the Gaian Temple, and uh, you got to meet with the Gaian High Priest. Um, the Gaian Temple is like just a really straightforward three-story dungeon. Um, 
And on the third floor, the Gaian high priest baptizes you into the faith. Um, after this, uh, you want to return to the second floor to get the uh, strongest chaos armor, the Tenma gear. And if memory serves me correctly, I think you have to be level 65 to get that as well. So this is just a a level gate for you. But then and just you are so just so we're clear, audience, it's not level sixty five to equip the armor. It's level sixty five to enter the room to grab the armor. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just giant doors blocking my path that said I wasn't strong enough to get in. Yep, same for me. Neutral gets their armor in a weird way later. So, did you not do your baptism here, Evan? Uh, there is no neutral baptism, as far as I can tell. I guess that makes sense. Who would neutral? Who would baptize you? <laughs> dirty neutral. So, there's actually some really cool stuff about the neutrals a little bit later, but at, yeah, right now, like you're totally in the dark. Uh, nobody's really <laughs> guiding you. Nobody's telling you what to do, and nobody's handing out really good armor and swords. All right. So uh, to move forward through the game, we are going to go to the four kings who live in these red mansions that we've been seeing on the map for a while. Uh, We've passed them. We've even passed through them to progress with the game. It's mandatory at some point. At one point, you saw a door, and you didn't know why you would uh, open that door. But eventually, you get the four-side gem, or the four-door gem. I forget which one. And uh, from defeating the Demon Summoner a few dungeons ago. And we're going to go back to those mansions, use the four-door gem, to enter the those doors in the mansions that we couldn't get to before, and behind each of them are the four gods of Tokyo, or the four kings. Uh, so there's one in every cardinal direction, and it really doesn't matter which order you go to them. They're all the same. Uh, well, they're not all the same layout, but they will all follow this basic pattern. You will go there. You will find the god. Uh, he'll tell you, uh, if you're light or neutral, but not chaos, that you are enemies, and you will fight. And they all have the same sprite with a different coloring. Uh, and all their battles are easily won on auto battle. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, and, and actually the first one I fought was the, or tried to fight was the West King. Uh, but it turns out, like, through total happenstance, I had fused him already. And so the statue gave me a hilarious message. Like, one of my demons just speaks up. This statue ha- houses my power. For centuries I have protected the West of Tokyo. As I am now your minion, its power is no longer needed. The statue uh-huh. fades away. <laughs> That's nice. pretty good that the game has that eventuality in there. How odd. Um, I, I have heard that you can come here before this entire quest with the four-side gym, beat one of these guys, and completely fuck over your game. So uh, huh. that's a warning for anybody, I guess. Um, basically, if you're on the chaos path, you don't fight them, but uh, they either join your party or are recruitable if you are at level 59 or higher. Hmm. But, you know, for the most part, these are pretty unremarkable. It's it's basically Shin Megami's version of a fetch quest. You're just, you've got a, a set of check marks, and the game won't let you go forward until you do all of them. It's just a time tax. It's not great. So then you go back to your buddy, whoever told you uh, about these uh, four guys, that you've defeated them, you've conquered them, you are their king now. And uh, he says, uh, well, my guy says, hey, that's great. Rumble, rumble. Hey, you should go check out what I just told God to do. And then, <laughs> then you walk outside, you discover the entirety of Tokyo has been flooded, 
go back inside and he says, basically, yeah, wasn't that great? We killed all the sinners. Nice huh. work there. <laughs> he was not willing to admit that to me. Um, you know, well, so who does Chaos Hero say floods Tokyo? Does he say it's God? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So it's definitely God in both of our playthroughs, but because you're so neutral, he doesn't even want to tell you, I guess. In mine, the Chaos Hero is just, like, freaked out. He's like, I have, what just happened? You should go out and check it out. And then Law Hero is kind of coy. He is, hmm, a rumble. That's interesting. Maybe you should go look around. <laughs> it is interesting. Um, so uh, we got to figure out a way to actually traverse this brave new world now because our feet are no longer good on the world map. There are two ways to do this. There's a a turtle and there's an octopus. Uh, I think turtle, basically if you're on law, you, the game expects you to go octopus. If you're on chaos, the game expects you to go turtle. Um, Mm. I believe you can do either if you're neutral, right? Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, there's an English bug uh, in the translated patch, the octopus doesn't really work the way it's supposed to. You kind of got to do a real good timing of uh, patching, putting in an unpatched version of the game, and you'll just get the octopus. It's not as hard as I make it sound. It's, it, it goes pretty quick. And there's one little weird side side plot where there is a demon who wants to eat the turtle, and so you have to defend you have to defend the demon or uh, defend the turtle from the demon. Um, kill him off. Uh, the turtle can uh, ride you around sunken to- Tokyo as opposed to becoming this demon's lunch. Interesting. <laughs> in, in the neutral path, instead of it being a demon, it's a merchant who wants to butcher the turtle and then sell it to people to eat. And all you have to do with him is he basically you basically turn around, pull out a sword, and he's like, oh, did I say that was mine? I meant take the turtle. And he just chickens <laughs> out. Okay, so the way I mine articulated was pretty simple. I found the octopus. He says, hey, can you help me? I'm, I don't want to be here. Uh, the Messians have locked me up. You walk outside. A Messian guard is there, and he's like, why are you doing that? He's a prisoner of the Messians. Are you going to help him anyway? You're supposed to say yes. I assume he um, just either accepts or abides, but this is the untranslated text. Then you go back in unlock the octopus and you can use the octopus as your vehicle. They don't because you, you, you know, it's a longstanding tradition that, uh, uh, God has a, uh, is, uh, is enemies with, uh, octopi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they just don't, they don't give you any real explanation as to why that's happening. Um, it's, it's a bit odd. I, I but, uh, you sort of go with it. Yes, yeah, so uh, with your animal pal in tow, you can now explore this wide, watery world. Uh, this is the first part of the game that really significantly diverges from the neutral uh, path. So for most of this game, the neutral guys, uh, if you play neutral, you will fight all the chaos bosses, all the law bosses, and you'll see basically the same stuff, except for this one little area. Uh, so with your animal in tow, you can now go on your, not really a baptism, but kind of the equivalent of it. Um, over far to the west, there is an island with a little dungeon on it. Uh, the dungeon is the worst in the entire game because there's nothing interesting about it. There's nothing fun to do. It is four doors of a straight corridor with nothing but damage traps. Uh, so you either have to heal every other step or bring a core shield with you. And then the fifth floor is a very trolley level that has dark zones, dead ends, turnarounds, things like that. 
Uh, once you finally make it down to the middle, though, you, le- you meet Lord Masakado, the leader of the four heavenly kings that you killed earlier. He tells you that he was the guardian of Tokyo for 1,000 years, uh, but his time has come at an end. With the forces of law and chaos tearing Tokyo apart, to defend it now would be a worthless endeavor. Uh, but he sees you, and he recognizes your potential. He says that someone like you might actually bring an end to the conflict. If you can claim both victory over law and chaos, you might be able to restore the city to the balance that it enjoyed for so long. Uh, with that, he hands over Masakado's katana to you, uh, essentially giving you the uh, most powerful neutral weapon that you will get in the game. Um, there is a sword fusion thing, uh, but I actually I tried to do the sword fusion uh, mechanic with one of the other swords and found that it's actually a huge pain in the ass. Uh, you can only fuse it with specific elementals, and there's a specific order you have to fuse it in. It didn't really seem worthwhile when this weapon was so just incredibly awesome. Yeah, I looked at the sword fusing thing, and I I, I noped as soon as I looked at the instructions. Yeah. So um, once you have, yeah, it's definitely kind of a it. And just just to let you guys know, in order to fuse an elemental, you have to have two demons of a certain equivalent class. Uh, there's some stuff later on that makes it easier for you to do that, but it's such a pain hunting down all those demons, fusing them over and over again, and just not worth it. Oh yeah, not in these older games. So, with the katana in hand, uh, you now visit each one of the four Heavenly King's mansions uh, to get your neutral armor. I don't think there's a level restriction here. Uh, basically, you float with your little turtle above the red mansion, and then it's like there's a surge of bubbles, and then a piece of armor floats to the surface. And that is how you get equipped. That's nice. That's very nice. Yeah. And uh, this is the sword and armor that I used for the rest of the game. It was incredibly powerful. It did like 800 damage to the final boss in a single turn. Uh, Hits two to four times for about 250 to 300 each hit. Damn. Yeah, it's real nice. So uh, while we're on this section of the turtle world, um, you know, I found it very difficult to figure out where I was going for this next section of the game. Because uh, you literally have the whole world map not broken up at all, and you're, you've lost all your all your terminal points from before the flood are gone. We forgot to mention that. So you're starting off with new terminal points. You have no way of getting anywhere very quickly, and uh, there's just no way to... I couldn't find the next place we're going, which is the Tokyo government offices. It took me a really long time to actually find them. Especially because they're described as an east-west tower, but when you find them, it's a north-south tower. Yeah, and on top of that, it doesn't look like the sort of building that you can go into. Yeah. It's a submerged building with two little points poking out of the water. Mm-hmm. So that that was a real bummer. Um, also, in this section, I also found you could go into Tokyo Tower, but you never come back, and I never figured out why exactly that was so, an option. I think with your path, they don't use Tokyo Tower, but nope. right before you fought one of the, fight one of the last bosses... There's something you can get in that tower, but you can only get it after tons of backtracking. So there's ah. no reason to do it if you're a sane person. Ah, I see, I see. But yeah, no, that is uh, off my off my radar. So anyway, we're going to Tokyo Government Tower at this point. Yeah, you are. Um, you find out that the forces of law and chaos are fighting over the government complex far to the northwest of the cathedral. Uh, this is actually an interesting location. I don't know if it's based on a real world location. I would assume so uh, because this will show up in some other SMT games. It's the uh, last dungeon of Soul Hackers, and, it ha- and e- in Soul Hackers, it kind of has the same layout as this game, which is kind of cool. Uh, but there are two towers, a west and an east tower. East tower. Uh, each one has its own dungeon, and um, if you're on the neutral path like me, you're going to hit both of them. If you're on Law and Order, uh, Law or Chaos, you're only going to hit one of them. No, no, you still hit both because you oh, have really? to get the order to kill the other guy. 
Yeah. Yeah, so if you're on Chaos, you want to hit the East Tower because you're looking for uh, Ravana first. Yeah, and if you're on Light, you're going to go for Vishnu in the West Tower. And basically, you got to go up to your Alliance Tower first. Get the order that you got to go kill the other guy. Then go down, back up the other one, kill their guy. Down, back up the other one, and get a very powerful Persona, or uh, Demon. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I started playing Persona 1, guys. Did I tell you that yet? (laughs) (laughs) They're called Personas in those games. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I hit up the West Tower first. It's full of some incredibly powerful demons. And this West Tower is actually where I got my demons to fuse my in-game demons. Uh, So either with all all demons I recruited from this area or demons I fused from the recruits here, I was able to coast all the way through to the end. Uh, They're all Yoma demons. It has a couple of real powerful ones. Uh, Some of them can cast uh, Madirahan, which is the strongest, in my opinion, the strongest healing spell in the game. It's a mass heal like uh, Medea, but a lot more powerful. Oh, yeah. If you're on the neutral path, you climb up to the top of this tower. Uh, There's some luck ups and things like that along the way, but nothing too interesting at this point. And you fight Vishnu. Uh, Vishnu says that the only thing she cares about is defeating her arch-rival, Ravana, who is preventing God from descending to the cathedral. Uh, She then called me an impudent human and attacked me. Uh, She hits pretty hard, uh, but again, with attack plus spells and that katana I just picked up, she was pretty trivial. Uh, She's mildly shocked that you defeated her, that it wasn't a god, it wasn't a demon, it wasn't even Ravana. It was just mere humans. Um, You know, um, just before, because we were talking about demon fusion there, uh, we... uh this was the point where I actually realized the mechanic that I totally missed, which is that, so there's a law of chaos neutral, but this is, we forget that there's a whole spectrum of D and D alignment. So you can also be light or dark. Uh, so if it's dark, no matter what their alignment is, you can't recruit them. Interesting. Yeah. So I was finding a lot of really cool dark law demons that no matter what, no matter how well the conversation tree went, I just couldn't get them to become my minion. And I thought at first it was a level cap thing. But I looked into it. Just you cannot recruit dark demons at all. Hmm. That is really interesting. And I think that's a thing through a lot of the other games too. Because there's demons like um, uh, Legion I think might be a dark demon. And there's some undead demons that you just – yeah, there's no way to recruit them. But you can fuse them. Man, man, was I getting jealous of the chaos demons at this point. They started getting some really cool designs at the end. Oh, Oh, definitely. Lots of dragons and gaping maws, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, with the West Tower down, uh, the next thing I did was headed to the East Tower. Uh, a lot of powerful Fim and Jackie demons here. Um, this is actually where I started running into a lot of succubi, and these demons are terrible because they were the, one, of the, one of the only demons where I couldn't really auto-attack. Uh, they'd put people to sleep, they'd paralyze them, and so if you try to coast by an audio, auto-attack with these guys, they will just rip you apart. Uh, th- this is before I learned Brian's top secret strategy to beat the game. Uh, yeah, this is uh, a little before I was completely using that. But uh, there, um, th- at this point, there was a. I'm not sure if it's exactly this dungeon or if it's the next dungeon. But there's a. There's two elephant type enemies. One of them you can recruit, and the other one only has one eye and has darker skin. Yeah, uh, it's Ganesh and uh, there's something. It's Ganesh and Vishnu or Ganesh or Vishkara. Not Vishnu. Viscara. Anyway, so uh, the one-eyed one is you can't just auto-battle it because it has a very high physical resist. Yeah. But yeah. We're on Ravana now, the boss fight? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. At the top tower, you meet Ravana, who is an awesome-looking, six-armed, blue-skinned, three-headed demon. Uh, he talks a real ma- mean game. He's surprised to see humans and decides he's going to play with you for a little bit. Um, and you know, following a, a, yeah, a familiar pattern, he went yeah. down pretty quick. One turn of auto battle, by the way. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Oh, one it, it was one one turn of auto battle with that katana that took him down. Yeah, he's oh, even without the katana. He's no he's no hot no hot pancake. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> He's not tough. There's almost no circumstances where this guy is tough um, because the game is actually doing a fake out. Yeah, the real boss is Indrajit, who he shouts at you, wait, murderer of my father. I won't let you get away. Uh, he is green skinned, uh, forearmed and very angry. And a unique also, sprite for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally new sprite. Mm-hmm. Looks great. But just kidding. He's not really a real boss either. He went down in two turns. You will get. You'll actually gain a level off him at the very yeah. least. So I don't know if you guys had anything different with them. Uh, for me, I just went in, killed them, and then went back to the cathedral. Well, so after uh, after you beat Ravana, you go back to Vishnu, and you get Vishnu in your party, and she's got Media Haran, so she's great. You you keep her till the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You get Ravana, I assume, if you kill Vishnu. I had already fused Ravana. Oh, look at you, Mr. Fusion Master over here. (laughs) I recruited in the West Tower, and it was like, my demons are all shit. I should probably recruit and fuse some of these people. So, yeah. And it's always important to remember, Evan, that you had the access to the most demons. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I didn't fuse Ravana. I fused um, the main character, or the the Monkey King character from Journey to the West. Goku. Goku from, yeah. I don't remember his name in this game, but I fused that guy. Interesting. Not Ravana. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, we get that done. Um, I don't even remember why that was our task in the first place, but we're going back to the cathedral now. It's time to finish this shit. Um, you know, so here's the cool part about uh, about this uh, the cathedral island is um, the good guys and the bad guys can just live in the same city because there's like a demon river in the middle and they don't have to talk to each other. <laughs> their enemies are just on the other side of the demon river. The demons will probably kill them before they ever bother them. Uh, so if you're chaos, you're on the north end. If you're law, you're on the south end. I assume neutral can enter the actual cathedral either way. Uh, yeah, they both let you hang out. Yeah. Uh, but the way to enter that, the cathedral is actually through, uh, for neutral, uh, in between the north and the south, if you just keep going straight, uh, there's an inner sanctum where you meet the old man from the Ginza Sewers as a neutral. He tells you that the, because of your actions at the Tokyo uh, Government Center, uh, the battle to gain control of the cathedral is now at a stalemate. Uh, the Seraph Mikael uh, leaves the, leads the law forces from the 8th. Is it Mikael or Michael? It's probably Michael. just Michael. Yeah, it's Michael. <laughs> I mean, Michael uh, this- is the, you know, the modern Americanized, like, you know, British Europeanized yeah. way to say it, but and I'm it's sure it's like Michael's game. So yeah, the older text you go to, but Michael, let's go with Michael. Yeah. So Michael's leading the law forces from the eighth floor of the cathedral and the demon Asura Lord leads the forces of chaos from the eighth floor basement and they must both be stopped. Asura Lord. Oh, good old <laughs> Asura Lord. So yeah. Um, law Very path, awful. law path. You go in, uh, let's just all talk about the beginnings here, and then we'll figure, and then we'll start splitting this up because it's gonna get crazy. Um, Law Path, you talk to Law Hero. 
he says, you got to go to the top and meet the angel Michael and uh, he'll, he'll do the good stuff and you should go hang out with him. And so he sends you to the top of the building. And Paul, wh- how does this start for you right here? Yes, buddy tells you to um, also to go but fight your way to the top of uh, the uh, law forces. But he doesn't even the cathedral. He doesn't even ask you to go down to the bottom to meet a Sura Lord. No, you don't even deal with the uh, to the bottom. Oh, that's very interesting. I had to. Well, you'll see why I had to go to the top in a minute. Um, so yeah, so this is where basically it's going to be pretty different for all three of us. Um, and we're going to start, uh, with, uh, well, we have it at the bot to the bottom first. So I assume we'll go with, with my stuff first Yeah. and Evan will chime in and, uh, then we'll go to the top and, um, then Paul will chime in. So, uh, I did have to do the upper stories dungeon cause I actually had to go all the way to the top and not only did I have to go all the way to the top, I had to recruit, um, all the bosses you guys fought on your way up. Like oh, all of those angels had to join my party. Um, that sounds they, horrible. So the the thing is, when they're in your party, they're some of the best demons in the game. So every time I got an angel, it was like a level ninety nine, has nine hundred plus health, has really good spells, attacks like a motherfucker. Like <laughs> it was making the game very easy. So you get all of them, but then. Uh, you get Michael, and uh, actually, there's an item you need to get through that last door up top, isn't there? Or was it? Was it like a seraph ring or something? The angel ring? Yeah, is it that thing? The, the neutrals just walked right on through. There wasn't an item. Uh, for Yeah, that sounds right, because you have to get a uh, devil ring for, oh, okay. uh, for uh, the chaos path to get it up there. Okay, so here's what you got to do. Uh, before you get Michael, you recruited three angels, right? You have to go back to the Jukaiku guy at the at the bottom of the cathedral. Combine those three angels in the triple demon fusion, and instead of a demon, you get an item, you lose all those angels, and you're back to the demons you were using before you had them. Um, go back all the way up to the top of the, of the fucking whole thing again. Go through the door. There's a boss fight. There's a mini boss fight. We'll talk about that when uh, we go to Paul's section. And then you meet Michael. Then you recruit Michael. And at the very least, you get one angel with you for the last bit of the game. Thank God. <laughs> so, Torah port, back at the terminal. Let's go down now. Oh, and there's actually one more thing. I'm sorry that we have to talk about. So, the way to get the best light uh, armor and weapon in the game. No, not armor. Sorry. Weapon and gun in the game is that there is a very strange hidden section in the upper floors of the cathedral. And there's actually one for the the chaos path, too, I'm pretty sure, in the bottom of the cathedral. But since Paul didn't go to the bottom, I assume he didn't get the stuff. But I assume it works basically the same way. You drop in from the floor above, and then you're in a completely black space where the floor is like this... um, In mine, it was like a, a very light, bright blue. And you... If you took any wrong turn at all, you would fall off and down to the more uh, to the next floor. To get the best gun in the game and the best sword, you had to pick the right spot to fall off of into the next level. That is insane. Yeah. So 
if I didn't have a map, it would have been a pointless endeavor, but I had a map and figured might as well make the end of the game even easier for myself. Uh, So, yeah, I did the work. It's not worth it if you're figuring it out for yourself, but, you know, with maps, it's all good. So uh, we're going down to the basement now, me and Evan here. Evan, did you find uh, anything difficult about our first boss fight, Cert? I mean, the dungeon itself is uh, not that interesting to talk about. I mean, there's a nothing. few traps, a few a few tourney tiles. Nothing we haven't dealt with before, really. Uh, there was your top secret strategy that you gave us for dealing with the demons on these floors. Oh, yes. By this point in the game, now we can talk about my top secret strategy, which is run from everything. There is <laughs> no point... In any random encounter at all at this stage in the game, you are already more than leveled up to beat the game. Um, anything else is totally pointless and a waste of fucking time. Yeah, it was so freeing. When, it, when you told me that, I was like, nah, that can't be. Oh, no, no, this is, yeah, this is totally unnecessary. <laughs> it speeds and this the is game also, by a thousand. Oh, yeah, especially because at this point in the game, they start throwing some of the, like, kick-you-in-the-dick demons that are, that you can't auto-battle through. You have to manually intervene. Uh, and as you get further down or further up in the dungeon, the encounter rate just sky- just spikes, skyrockets. Like, you're talking fights every single step. Skyrockets, and it starts being usually at least three waves, sometimes four. And almost always, it's going to be at least four or five demons. Yeah, absolutely. So it just it's just so stacked against you and the rewards are so unfulfilling. It's just yeah, just get get out of there. Go to the boss. Figure out where the boss is. That is your only priority. You have more than enough health and stuff to just tank any hits you get at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, our first guy is Cert. Looks pretty cool. He's charred, he's got some red blotches all over his body, and either his arm is on fire or he's holding a fire weapon. In other games, he's portrayed as a man with a volcano head that's erupting. <laughs> I'm into that, too. Uh, yeah, he, he was real simple. Uh, wasn't really anything special to him. Uh, I could electrocute him, so I just kept doing that. Yep, that's a strategy that still works. It's pretty great. Uh, he mocks you for following God. That's his one story beat. And then, uh, yeah, then he's dead. He kind of beats himself up. He's like, oh, man, I knew I wasn't good enough. I'm nothing. <laughs> oh, poor guy. You, you, you get better in persona. <laughs> oh, sure. So um, with uh, with Cert down, the next boss on this wing at the dungeon is Azeroth. Uh, That's supposed Azeroth. to be Astaroth. I am pretty fucked Astaroth? <laughs> I, there, there are certain things in this game where it's a good translation, especially compared to Megami Tensei 1 and 2, especially compared to those novels. Uh, but I, f- I feel like some of the translation here wasn't necessarily informed by the later games and some of the pronunciations of things. Yeah, and you know, you know, for the most part, it's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, I think they're trying to be a little more um, accurate to the Japanese pronunciations than official localization terms. That makes sense. But it's fine. Uh, for yeah, what it is. fantastic uh, for a fan translation. Astaroth is real quick and easy. But he's pretty cool looking. He's a naked Viking man with a <laughs> spike mask riding a snake. Yep. He's also dickless. He, yeah, he is totally <laughs> Barbie genitalia there. And, and uh, this is this is definitely a series where you know if they have a dick, they're going to draw it on there. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly there's a lore reason this guy doesn't have a dick. And we're going to spend the next 20 minutes or so uh, really diving into this topic. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, he goes down quick. He reveals as he's dying that he was about to become Ishtar and regain his old body. Uh, sure seemed like a plot thread that I didn't have any context for, but whatever. After speaking that, of, what's up? Speaking of genitalia. Oh, yes. One of my favorite designs in the entire game. Everyone, take a moment in, upon yourself. In the entire series. <laughs> Does he come Captain, back? Uh, oh, please tell me he comes Oh, yeah. Back. Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! He's he's a common common. He's in three D. Captain uh, vagina, vagina Dentata, right here. Yes, we are fighting Arioch. He is a let's see how best to describe him. Imagine a meteor, and then his mm-hmm. <laughs> like a head blob of coming up from the north. Giant demon bat wings on the back, a sword, and a sheath to put that sword. And a comically large buckle that goes around his entire body holding up the sheath. A sheath that his tiny little arms cannot possibly put the sword in. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no way. I mean, maybe his tongue helps? He does much- also have those two um, gigantic floppy tits coming out of his neck. Like, maybe, maybe yes. they can do something. Oh, I'm sorry. And the one major uh, piece of that descriptor that I forgot is he has a giant gaping vertical mouth on the side of his meteor body with a tongue and sharp teeth. Which is, I mean, it's not trying to uh, draw a comparison or allude to a vagina. Like, like there's labia going around <laughs> it. Like, it is very clearly a vagina yeah. in his stomach that also has teeth. It's like a mimic vagina. Oh, and I forgot to mention, with his other arm, he's holding his sword in one hand. He's just kind of like, hey, waving to you. Hey, guys, I'm over here. <laughs> Can you help me with my sword? Oh, yeah, he's, he's a great design. Um, he's slightly tougher than the other guys. Just a tad. Um, but nothing, still no hard, nothing to write home about. Uh, oh, yeah, he's immune to normal damage. So you can't physically attack him. Uh, and so you need, like... Either really good magic because he's uh, he's still resistant to magic, but he will take damage from it, or a really good bullet. I did not have a really good bullet. I never found really good bullets in this game. My gun yeah. felt useless almost the uh, entire time. There was a shop I think in it wasn't Ginza, but it was one of the later towns. Um, it might have been Tokyo Disney World or Tokyo uh, Destiny World uh, that sold. I think it was called either charm bullets or magic bullets that do charm damage. Mm, yes, and, uh, that, yeah, that's what I had to use to take him down. I saw them for sale, but I mean, there was also, I never broke this game's economy. I was always struggling for money. And maybe it's just because, well, definitely at a certain point, I was just running from enemies. But at that point, that didn't even matter that I didn't have money for the economy because I was already breaking the game. But I mean, even here, it didn't matter to me, even if it would have made it easier. I still took this guy down in like three or four turns. There's one fight later where I really, really wish I had spent some more time breaking the game. But, yes, aside from that one fight later, everything was a cakewalk. He isn't mad when he dies. Just kind of surprised. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you, uh, you just keep tracking down further and further. There's a few floors where there's nothing. But then on floor six, we meet up with our mysterious friend, Louis Cipher. <laughs> who uh, we still, I mean, no idea who he really is. But he's got some hot tips for us. Um, you know, if you want some, like you want a really powerful demon, he tells you, uh, you should, uh, go to this island on the West. I mean, it may be impossible to defeat, uh, the demon Lord Asura without this item. This is the, uh, this is that one Tokyo, uh, tower dungeon that we were talking about earlier. That uh, we didn't know what to do with. 
Oh, and, okay. So that's where this. Yes. So did you actually do it? No, this dungeon was so long. Fuck him. So, but you, but you looked at it. I knew, I knew what it was for, but I was like, I don't think you can do it until you talk to Louis Cipher. Yeah. Which at this point, I was so exhausted from six floors of this dungeon. This like, no, no. <laughs> I'm just going to go. I'm just going to create a new save state. Save. Go down to the bottom of this dungeon and finish this this branch. So the thing is, if you've listened to his advice, um, it's a fuck you. Uh, you get nothing. You beat a boss. And uh, you go go back here, so yep. it's good that you didn't do it. Good to fo- good not to follow into temptation, but maybe that's what it was. Maybe maybe it's like following the Adam and Eve metaphor, and he's playing the role of oh. you know, the snake, the knowledge inducer. I mean, the leader like you 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 never directly deal with God and Lucifer as bosses in this game, uh, but each one is a leader of their respective faction. So it could be he's just trying to send you there, hoping that you'll die. Right. Or get bored and not pick up the game again. You know, I'm just trying to give some more interesting motivation because it's not like it's that good that that's just there. Um, but anyway, you uh, you go down to floor seven. Uh, the chaos hero has killed the law hero. Uh, I don't even really remember how this articulates, but it's uh, eh. <laughs> I don't remember it being that interesting to be honest. No. Nah. Yeah, it just sort of uh, goes on. If you're on the neutral path, uh, the heroes, the, those two heroes never kill each other. Instead, you have to kill them. Uh, so mm-hmm. on your way down to Demon Lord Asura, you find the Chaos Hero. He's really mad at you, uh, so he just go ahead and attacks. Um, he was dead easy, like easier than any of the bosses in this dungeon. I auto-attacked him. He never damaged me once. Uh, the auto-attack took a little bit longer. It was about eight turns this time. But again, like I don't know what his attacks are because they never damaged me, so I didn't worry about it. And I got three levels out of it. So that was fun. Oh, I am remembering, though, that the way that now I'm remembering. my it, Mine happened when I was at the top. He killed the law hero when I was about to get the Angel Michael. Oh. It makes sense because I was like, why is the law hero... Okay, that makes. But yeah, that he makes still sense. kills the law hero in my game. I have to fight the chaos hero, and that's a boss fight we will talk about in just a moment. But yeah, for for me, the chaos hero was real easy. Um, and he he at the end, he's like, man, in the end, you were always a step ahead of me, and I thought it was more powerful than God too. And then he is done, and his girlfriend shows up. Uh, she oh. is the chaos heroine, and in what is my favorite one-two punch of dialogue in this game, she says, "Well, you've done it." You've killed your hero. He believed in you. He was your own friend, and you killed him in cold blood. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I'm actually Lilith, by the way. <laughs> by the Apropos way. of nothing. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, yes. I'm also Lilith? <laughs> yeah, I yes. like it. It's good. So, yeah, all yeah. this entire cutscene happened to me at the top, not the bottom. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, yeah, like, when you kill her, like, she, again, another dead easy fight. Uh, she was even easier than the law hero for me. Uh, she gives you a little spiel about how uh, you and I were supposed to be the new Adam and Eve. If if that sounds familiar, that's because it got revealed in the last episode that Yuriko is actually Lilith. Um, uh, you and I were supposed to be the new Adam and Eve and start a new age together. But I was kept away from you by somebody. And then she fades away. And so basically we're, we're left with this really strong implication that, you know, uh, maybe you're not going to... All those people that died in that flood, yeah, they probably aren't coming back, and you might be in this position of Adam and Eve, of a new yeah. token. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, um, the neutral man, uh, I'd taken to call on him Old Man South Park in my head because the answer's <laughs> always in the middle. Um, 
he congratulates you after defeating uh, he congratulates you after defeating your buddy and tells you not to worry. Uh, behind the door is Demon Lord Asura, and um, at this point, the old man transforms and reveals himself to be Lao Tzu, who is the Chinese philosopher who originally founded Taoism. Uh, which makes huh. some of the balance stuff he talks about make a little bit more sense. <laughs> That's great. That's cute. <laughs> and uh, then he goes on to tell you to do what you believe in is right. And what I really love is how a um, a real person can ascend to the levels of demonhood in this game just by yeah. being famous enough. Yeah. Okay, so we're at my ending. We're at law ending, so we might as well talk about it now. Uh, so you go down, you find Lord Asura, uh, you got the angel ring and you got, uh, Michael with you. Uh, Asura talks how noble you are trampling the broken corpse of your old friend in order to get here. Truly, you are a shining example of a servant of God. Ha ha ha. Fight me now. Uh, he has ridiculous amounts of HP and, uh, pretty high defense. Um, can't be shocked. So he will always have a turn. Um, Mostly, this was a slugfest for me, but I was able to heal well enough. Like, this was the only boss fight that gave me any trouble in the last, like, five to ten hours of this game. So it was a lot of um, attack, attack, meteor on, meteor on, attack, attack. Yeah, it was the same thing for me. Uh, I also fought him at this point. Uh, gave me the same dialogue about being a servant of God, even though I definitely wasn't. Um and yeah, there was one demon later on that gave me more trouble than him, but it was, again, just a really long fight. I'd imagine if you don't have a demon with Medirahan, he's a huge pain in the ass because uh, your buddy can only do Medea at this point. Yeah, no, I can't imagine this would be any good without one of the best healing spells in the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, you find him for a while. It's really a slugfest, and he goes down. Uh, you're teleported back to the cathedral. You're given some praise for being a good messian. You ascend a set of stairs, and uh, a representative of God tells you that your deeds are great, that the apocalypse has succeeded, and you helped bring it, and you are now two of the last people left alive on Earth, you and the neutral buddy. And it's up to you to remake society in God's name. Sure feels like they sold the Thousand-Year Kingdom a little short, but... <laughs> a thousand <laughs> years of you two fucking... That's it. That's the law portion of the game. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll pretty much hand it off to you and Paul, and I'll chime in a little. But it's mostly on you guys now. All right. Uh, if you if you want a distraction during the next segment, there is a very hilarious video, which is a character from Yakuza singing karaoke, which I linked to the next section. But um, <laughs> if if you are a neutral hero, um, you will get chastised for going against the will of God. You don't know what you're doing. You're terrible. 
And then as the Stephen is dying, and then immediately the Lao Tzu will show up in your head and say, don't worry, you did the right thing. Now go kill that angel. The chaos hero uh, picks up back here, and it's time to go take down some seraphim. So your first one, you're uh, ascending the uh, cathedral. And uh, on the second floor, I mean, there's not, we're not going to go too much into the dungeons, I don't think, because there's not much to write home about. Yeah, we touched about it on the bottom half. They're, they're long. The encounters slowly increase in frequency. And we run away from everybody. Yeah, and they're, they're obnoxious. It's a huge dungeon, though, like biggest in the game by far. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you get to the second floor, and you see Uriel, who is uh, a blue angel um, with a sword. Just kind of your typical angel guy. He yells, foul heathens, your souls are wrapped in evil and darkness. Like the enemies in the basement. Most of these go down pretty easy. Uh, (laughs) His uh, weakness here is uh, auto attack. Basically, (laughs) just like... Do your basic damage and uh, take him out. And uh, he says, uh, glory to the god of law once he's been defeated. Uh, he was real easy and he went down real fast. Yeah. To say. Make it to the third floor. You come across Gabriel. He uh, admo- admonishes you. He says, so you've arrived, filthy as- apostates. You have fallen, bewitched by the guiles of demons. And now you wallow in sin and depravity. And really, like, most of these angels look exactly the same. They're just kind of a uh, different uh, different colors. Their battles are a little different. He's uh, strong against auto-attack, you know, so you have to change it up a little bit and actually fight, like, the way that you're supposed to. Um, he's immune to uh, just normal uh, weapon attacks, and he's barely hurt by lightning and ice. And as a result, he was the hardest boss for me in the entire game, like, by a mile. Um, I spent almost 15, 20 minutes fighting this guy. It was just such a headache. I was able to take him down a little... I mean, he was hard, but I was able to take him down a little easier because I had some fire demons. I had... Since I had absolutely none... um, the only demon I had that could do fire was Phoenix, as Phoenix's extra ability, which did almost nothing. Uh, so for me, the fight was my two heroes with guns, shooting him, dealing about 40 damage each with a max buffed attack stat, because uh, I wasn't able to afford the endgame guns at the last shot. So this boss took me 15 minutes of auto attack with super speed enabled on my mm-hmm. emulator, and then every once in a while backing out of auto attack to heal again. And oh my god, was this terrible. Guys, <laughs> did we ever actually talk about extra attacks at all? I think we might have on the first episode, but this is a good time to talk about them if we haven't. Yeah, um, they're a weird little mechanic uh, where your demons can sometimes have a secondary attack under the extra option on your menu. I'm not- yeah, and it does a whole... It, it does a whole variety of things. Uh, for some of them, it does an elemental attack against the entire uh, enemy team. Uh, a couple of them, like a common demon you get earlier is Naga. Uh, it raises a water shield, which makes it so fire can't damage you. And other ones just inflict mass status effects on the enemy. Often, most of my demons ended up all having physical extra attacks that weren't all that useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it feels like kind of a precursor to the press turn system mm-hmm. um, yeah. in later games, but is not nearly as well implemented. Um, 
So next you get to Raphael, 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 and he is the uh, purple purple angel. And uh, he says, "How wait, dare wait, you? Wait. Let me check my angel to Teenage Mutant Turtle Ninja Chart. Mm-hmm. Nope, I don't think Raphael was purple. I think it was the red one." So. <laughs> Well, yeah. If I was a better uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, I would have pulled out the lyrics to the theme song and said whatever that was. I just remember he's a party dude. I don't even remember who that applied to. Uh, He's not so much of a party dude here. He says, uh, how dare you defile this place with your presence? You know, if you're noticing a theme here, that's because most of these dudes are pretty much just giving you the same spiel. Uh, this one, you actually can just manage auto attack and take him down pretty easy. He dies, but he's, uh, confident that you won't stop the thousand year kingdom. And then you get up to the seventh floor and, uh, this is where we come across the law hero. Yeah. Uh, so back on the neutral path, uh, after fighting your way through all those angels, uh, you meet the law hero. Uh, he seems really just, he doesn't seem vengeful. He doesn't seem angry. He just seems sad. Uh, he says that you delude yourself. You search for a non-existent path of balance, a, fa- a path that follows neither law nor chaos. It's foolishness. He doesn't want to, but he must kill you because humanity needs God and you stand in God's way. So, um, uh, did you, uh, did you also have to fight him, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. So this, this fight is a, pretty simple it's a little bit harder than the chaos buddy uh because he casts uh hama the um, instant kill on dark demons uh i didn't have any dark demons at this point because i figured if i'm fighting angels i don't want anyone that's you know weak to hama i'm so sorry but has anyone ever made an smt rom hack that replaces law and chaos with republicans and democrats (laughs) <laughs> because I just I heard your whole spiel about like how you can't be neutral, how foolish, how stupid. Oh, that would be. Are fantastic. you, well, are you saying told, the neutral path is the Green Party? Uh, it's like independent yeah. voters. Wait, wait till we get to the chaos uh, ending because uh, that is you get some real like proto libertarian science going oh, yeah. down on you. Yeah, so you got that to look forward to. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, for, so with the actual boss fight, uh, there's a spell. I don't know if you mentioned this before, but a spell your neutral buddy gets early on is Tetraja, which absorbs one instant kill attack per uh, per use. Uh, so that's pretty helpful against Hama. Cast it every once in a while. It'll keep all your demons up if you do have a dark one. Uh, as Law Hero dies, he has a sudden rel- revelation. He says, I lost? Wasn't I the chosen one? Now I see. I was nothing but a sacrifice. Nothing but a mere pawn to accomplish God's ends, to be discarded at any time. And then he passes away. And, you know, one of the things that's really nice about these games is that uh, God is a real asshole in them. Yep, total dick. Yep. So then you get to the eighth floor, and this is the chaos and neutral boss. Final boss, I believe. This is uh, good old Michael, uh, as the new agers call him, Archangel Michael. He's a little more interesting. He, uh, you know, for a servant of God, he uh, looks pretty fucking de- demonic, I'd have to say. He's got, uh, <laughs> you know, he's he is the red angel. Um, he's got these more demonic-looking wings than angel-looking wings. They're kind of uh, like stingray fins, almost. Yeah. Like stingray fins. Yeah, definitely. 
You know, but they have kind of like the little like uh, demon dragon like flares coming off of them. Yeah, he's got a little wand. He's uh, <laughs> ready to take you on with his uh, magic wand. He's showing uh, some calf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's showing some calf. So he says, uh, so you finally made it this far. It would seem that I have to deal with you myself after all. What kind of pathetic excuse for a savior, savior are you? And he just hits really hard. He doesn't have any, like, really, like, strong, like, status effects. He doesn't heal. He just, like, hits you, and you just gotta, like, deal damage, fight him, heal when you can, and uh, just try and take him down. Yeah, it's more or less the same sort of fight as the end of the chaos, uh, or the end of the law path down to the basement. Mm-hmm. And so when you beat him, he says, Oh, God, please forgive your pathetic servant, Michael. And he is uh, prostrate, 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 (laughs) he is prostrate towards God. And uh, that is the end of the, of uh, your main antagonist. Yes. And uh, do you want to do the neutral ending first or should we do the chaos? The neutral ending kind of involves rejecting both endings. So it might make more sense if we see the chaos one first. All right. Well, the chaos ending, you go up some stairs, and uh, you come across Lucifer. And he says that God's law has been stopped, and his tyranny has been put to an end. Uh, the gods who have been condemned to the abyss have been freed, and a new golden age of Earth is coming once more. And he tells you, you've, got, you've done a great service for us, and uh, solemnly vows not to violate the trust you've placed in him. Uh, now this is where it gets pretty, uh, pretty, uh, Ayn Randish, uh, Ayn Randian. He says, uh, freedom and chaos are the natural order of things. The, uh, stronger beings survive and naturally better, uh, and naturally become better and serve it as, as an example for all that live. Kind of a survival of the fittest sort of thing. He says, cycle of destruction and rebirth will repeat eternally. Then... Oddly, and kind of going with the theme of these games, sort of like ending on a bizarre, not really cliffhanger, but really kind of like bizarre, um, ambiguous note. He uh, says, be forewarned, the god of law is neither destroyed nor dead. He is the true destroyer, silencing the world by imposing his yoke on it. And Lucifer says that he is only a part of God, albeit one that's been discarded by God. And then, to uh, leave you with a uh, very ambiguous ending, he said, he asks humans to consider what that means, whatever that means. I, I was confused by that myself. And then uh, he kind of like, uh, he fucks off and uh, flies off into the moon. And that is the <laughs> end of the game. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. By the way, I'm a piece of God. Bye! <laughs> um. I, that's actually interesting that he just sort of asks you what that means. Think about what that means. Is he trying to tell you that like humanity was once a part of God and eventually he will shed them as well? I, I yeah, I you know I was really confused by that. I mean, it's always one of those things where we can never know if it was a weird translation or a very deep and poetic thought. Well, <laughs> kind of the way I read that is that in these games. Uh, neither God nor Lucifer seem to be a, a complete personality. Uh, God seems to be completely unable to accept anything that isn't under its control. And uh, Lucifer seems completely unable to accept any form of control. 
what, what I think he might be saying is that God is the part – God is a being that excised his ability to um, – to exercise free will, the ability to tolerate free will, and Lucifer is the piece of God that only tolerates goodwill and er, free will and can't tolerate control of any form. Interesting, interesting. The ending that I got after beating this uh, this guy kind of ties the two together in an interesting way. Uh, so, with a neutral ending, uh, once you have killed the last angel or killed the last demon, depending on uh, which one you did first, because you could do them in any order, uh, you finally reach the summit of the cathedral. Uh, Lao Tzu is waiting for you there as the sun is gently setting. He says, Hero, neutral buddy, the two of you have done the impossible. And then on a little philosophical exposition dump, he tells you that there are some good things to be said for God's thousand-year kingdom. One cannot deny that laws and regulations are necessary to preserve peace. But as a bird whose wings are clipped cannot fly free, those living in a world under God's iron fist would never enjoy the freedom of mind and action they would need to truly be happy. So that God's world is a world without free will. And then he says, The world of chaos envisioned by Lucifer also has its strong points. Such a world would be quite alluring, overflowing with excitement and exhilaration that naturally comes from such unfettered freedom. However, such freedom would also give birth to never-ending conflicts and competition, and people would never be truly able to live at peace. Uh, one must pursue either. Ex- one must not try to pursue either extreme, as in the end that will only produce sorrow. And it is only through balance that happiness can be attained. In a statement that is appropriate, considering they n- decided that the neutral god was going to be the founder of Taoism, uh, he says that your fight against the forces of law and chaos might now be over, but your true struggle is just beginning. A great many people have lost their way, crawling through the rubble left by this conflict. Use their wisdom to guide them into a new era. In this era, the future of humanity shall be built neither by reliance on God nor on demons, but by the hands of the people themselves. And then the game world slowly starts to zoom out. You see the the earth, the world, becoming smaller and smaller. You see the galaxy becoming smaller and smaller. Then you see the entire universe slowly getting smaller until it disappears into a pinprick. And Lao Tzu says, can you sense it, the common thread that connects you all? You are a part of it, a part of the universe. And then, and then it fades to black. Fades to black. Then, then it says, like screen crawl, perhaps the answer is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing that I actually really like about the neutral ending in these games. Because the answer is not it, – it doesn't do the thing that it sounds like it's going to do by being neutral. Because neutral is not really a good word for it. It's almost like saying – humanist or like human partisan against neutral implies you're agreeing with both or you're agreeing with neither. Yeah, you're, but this you're is not like, taking sides but that's not you are anti both sides mm-hmm. yeah you're you're not saying both sides are a little bit wrong you're saying both sides are all the way wrong and it, it's kind of like saying like hey do you want to do you want to live in somalia or in nazi germany because those are the two extremes that these people are presenting yeah uh, no law or all the laws well, I'll say for sure that neutral got the best ending out of anybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's going to be a common thread through almost all of these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, neutral ending is generally the best ending for the most people. Yeah, okay. I was about to say, uh, like, fan reception-wise, it seems a lot of people aren't very fond of the neutral endings in later games. I think part of that is because the neutral endings just seem to be the good ending. Ah. Like, in some games, the law and chaos endings are just kind of the bad ending and the neutral one's the good one and that's not really satisfying. Fair, fair. So that's um, that's pretty much SMT1. Did we have any closing thoughts before we talk about general reception of the game? 
Hello, this is Paul, and we actually were able to get a few minutes on uh, the phone with Fletch, so we're going to insert that right here, and then after that, uh, get back to the regular episode. So, SMT1, final thoughts. You did, did you, were you also the neutral player? Uh, yeah, uh, no, I was Chaos. Okay, I couldn't remember, I knew that Evan had gone law, so... Then, yeah, um, so yeah, doing that reminded me about the fact that SMT1 is really kind of, especially in that the two are actually direct sequels, SMT1 is kind of the Ark the Lad 1 to the much better SMT2, or Ark the Lad 2 in that case. It's, like, it's all one story, it's directly connected, but... God, the whole first thing is forgettable, even if you kind of want that little bit of touch that, you know, there's some good moments. And especially when I had to start doing the deeper research on finding the remake story segments, uh, a lot of those are pretty much just summing up Yuriko's backstory. Whereas the second game, it's like, hey, we're going to flesh out Cerberus and a bunch of other characters with these rather than just one antagonist who's now more human. Uh, For what it's worth, I do actually have a quick set of notes on those. So here, let me just run you through any of this. Like, this is the actual backstory and explanation of what Yuriko's doing throughout half of the game. And, you know, feel free to stop me if you have any questions or whatever. So, you know, shows up in the original Dream... And meanwhile, while you're running around trying to figure out what the hell is going on, Yuriko is one of Goto's underlings. She's sort of rising up the chain, but yeah, she gets kicked out the instant they find out she's gone rogue and started murdering a bunch of women. So as a result of this, she you know comes into contact with you, and you see that scene from her side where she goes, Oh shit, that's Adam. You are the reincarnation of Adam which they spell out more clearly in the remake, I guess, because that's a thing that really needed to be done there. As a result, you, you know, blah, 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 you get to the nuclear cataclysm. Yuriko joins up with Lucifer and is told to seduce you to the side of chaos. So you get reintroduced with the pair of them. You do not join her in most paths, and thus she comes out and goes, Yeah, I'm Lilith. But she still refuses to attack you because she's got the hots for Adam. Therefore, her next job is, all right, Lucifer tells her, you've got to go get the Chaos Hero because we need at least one dude on our side and you're not pulling your weight. As a result, she runs around in the identity of Rie, the Chaos Heroine. So there's a whole setup there, you know, just like Law Buddy had his girlfriend, this is when Chaos Hero finally gets laid. And... Eventually, you can, uh, if you go Chaos in the remake, Lilith will in fact step aside and let you have, I forget her name, the heroine, and she just goes, oh, you found love, and she actually becomes kind of content with herself, as opposed to dying at your hands in the other paths. So yeah, yeah um, she uh, appears to him, becomes the Chaos heroine, and... They change things up a little depending on which route you go. You know, you 
probably know that neutral and law just straight up off her. She finally fights you full power, dies, cursing you, etc. And on the chaos route, when the chaos hero turns on you, then she goes, you know what? He looks pretty happy with this other chick, and she just kind of fades into the background. And I do not think she actually shows up in SMT2, despite it being a continuation. But, to be fair, canonically she dies. So, as a result of that, this character, who is pretty openly, you know, is Lilith, blah blah blah, turns the subtext into actual text, and gets the same unhappy ending. However... In researching a bunch of this, I did discover that they have gone all in with some stuff that we discussed in SMT1 with the Diamond Realm and Buddhism in SMT4 Apocalypse. So, um, brush up on your Buddhism, kids. But yeah, uh, it sounds like they're going back to that, so I'll have to uh, get some good Buddhism 101 notes going before that, given the, uh, well, the only other game that's really explicit about it is pretty on the nose. So yeah, other than that, um, you can probably skip SMT1 in all honesty. The sequel holds up a lot better, and I've started replaying it again, but yeah. Most of the stuff I thought I remembered about this game came from SMT2. Interesting. In what ways do you think SMT2 like refines or improves on it? They have improved the base... Like, Law and Chaos feel a little more like actual things. They go much further in with the actual, here's God, here's Satan, etc. The plan isn't as cartoon supervillainy. It's like, well, if Law wins, all of us die because God's cleansing fire. No, no, there's a whole... Everyone has multiple plans in play to try and become the top dog. And so interacting with all of them is a fantastic way to flesh out what each side is willing to do. Thanks to uh, Serge for joining us there. And back to the show. this game i thought i hated it when we recorded the last episode uh the entire middle chunk of this game was just one big sloppy grind sandwich that i just hated every minute of eating Uh, but i absolutely love this last third you know it didn't quite come together for me as hard as it came together for you um i'm still a bit sour on it from the middle experience just because it it felt like a lot longer of beating my head against the wall than it normally does on these kind of games um, still better than Megami Tensei 1, but mainly because of the convenience features, I have to give the lead right now to Megami Tensei 2, the Kyuyaku remix. Oh my god, yes, I agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that too. And I mean, I think that yeah, it really had me with the first third. There was something really engaging about it taking place in modern-day Tokyo, and you going around, and uh, the sense of like... 
you know, this, this kind of like impending doom that's coming around and, uh, you've got this very kind of, you know, just boring teenage life. And then, uh, you know, by the end of that first third angels are nuking Tokyo. Um, and the game just like completely loses it right there. We're just, yeah, so long. yeah. For for oh, yeah. such a long time, and it just feels like such a grind fest that when I got to this last third, you know, I was I was really just ready for it to be over. And there's some interesting things that it does in the last third. Um, I don't think that the differences between chaos, neutral, and law are meaningful enough in like a gameplay sense to be particularly interesting. I mean, they, they play out in interesting ways near the end. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like in a gameplay sense, they just really seem to be like, okay, we're cordoning off like a little bit of this experience, but you're still pretty much playing the same game, no matter what your choices are. Yeah. You're basically picking between identical sets of, are you going to kill this one set of demons, this other almost identical set of demons or both of them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all that being said, I still have some pretty high hopes for Shin Megami Tensai 2 when we get to that. Because that, oh, yeah, that one should look a lot more like the Kyuyaku games. Because that mm-hmm. was the contemporary release for the Kyuyaku games. But, yeah, so, like, overall, second best game we've played out of three. So that's something, Definitely. I guess. Um, still hoping that we can just keep going up from here for a while. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, uh, we are transitioning over to uh, Persona 1 on our next episode. The very first Persona game originally released on the PlayStation in America, but we got a retranslated and less um, shitty kids localization <laughs> version a few years later on the PSP. And uh, I'm pretty sure all of us are playing the PSP version, and we'd probably recommend it oh, for yeah. you too. Yeah, you can get it on the Vita. Uh, it's very cheap. PlayStation uh, Store download right to your Vita. Yeah, and uh, it's actually pretty easy to uh, emulate as well. And uh, after that, we're going to be playing Strange Journey on the DS. Um, really looking forward to that. Evan's got a lot of nice things to say, so I'm hoping it's a good time. Yeah, and uh, Surge has actually threatened to... Um, he says that even if he dies, he's going to find a way to come back to talk about this one twist that occurs in Strange Journey. So, uh, <laughs> sure it's worth noting here, uh, in the previous episodes, we reserved, uh, referred to Serge as Fletch. So Serge and Fletch are the same person. Yeah, yeah. Sorry if that was confusing for anybody out there. And so we're ready to announce our third game after that. It's going to be a while before we get to it. Uh, but the next game is going to be, keep with me here, Shin Megami Tensei, Devil Summoner, Raido Kuzunoa versus the Soulless Army. Going to be on the PS2. Yeah, it was released on the PS2. You can get it through the PSN store for uh, the PS3. I played some of it, and it's uh, probably the biggest left field uh, turn we're going to take so so far. It's uh, set in the 19th century. It's got kind of a Sherlock Holmes element to it. And it is an uh, action RPG as opposed to a turn-based RPG. And I'm looking forward to playing that one. Yeah, I'm really, yeah, I'm really curious just to get you know, some variety. I'm, heads up, I've been playing Persona 1 already, and it's uh, on the PSP version at least. This, it's, a, it's a nice, much speedier game. But then again, it's always this weird comparison curve where we're comparing the end of an SMT game to the beginning of an SMT game. 
So maybe it gets yeah. bad at the end. I don't know. All these games were awesome in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. that's a common thread so far. They usually start pretty good. And there will definitely be a point, uh, hopefully pretty soon, uh, at least chronologically speaking, where these games are just consistently good, uh, game after game. <laughs> One yeah, day. After. Someday we may actually do these things totally chronologically, but not anytime soon. I doubt it. Be yeah, too hard. This is the one stretch of like chronology, and we're pretty much done. And after this, it's going to be, I think, free for all because it's more interesting to jump around uh, thematically for our own personal sake, and I think for the listeners' sake. Because I mean, we just stuck chronologically. Ooh, we'd be stuck with some bad games for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and after you know, three. the games plot-wise and thematically get a lot more sophisticated and interesting, so it'll be nice to kind of dig our teeth into, you know, d- deeper into something that's, uh, you know, a little more a little more sophisticated. Though I have to say, like, you know, these games are rather nuanced for the era that they came out in. But these three games that we've played, Definitely. you know, I'm, I'm really impressed. Yeah. And it's not surprising that they didn't come to America at the time. It's one of those things uh, where I think um, not necessarily technology, but the but the programming skills of the team had to catch up with their idea of what they were trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And oh, sure. it just took them a few years before those, that ratio balanced real well. Absolutely. And do we want to talk a little further out as far as uh, what we're planning for next year? Um. I think we can at least give away the big one, which is that after Soulless Army, we're going to do the big release. You guys have all been wondering, and we're delivering. It's going to be a basically, more or less, a live week-by-week breakdown of Persona 5 as we play it for the first time. So exciting. Yeah, yeah we're going to do a bit of a deeper dive. We're assuming it's going to be content-wise about as dense as Persona 4, if not denser. So we're thinking, you know... For every in-game month, we'll do an episode, and we'll switch to a more weekly format than rather than our bi-weekly current format, just for the length of that game. Yeah, there's going to be some amount of playing that by year, because uh, the current format we have, we're talking about literally every interesting beat that happens in these games. Uh, so we're going to be filling out, filling out the space for the next uh, for Persona 5. Yeah, and it's also sort of going to be a crash course of lessons we can learn before we do Persona 4. Mm-hmm. Which is which is good because I really want to give Persona Four the respect it deserves. Yeah, and structurally, those games really kind of resist, definitely resist the approach that we've taken so far. You know, uh, with the month to month structure and the uh, you know amount of attention placed on social links and whatnot, we're gonna have to sort of experiment. Well, cool. Um, do we have anything else we need to talk about? I know we got some admin stuff, but uh, anything else before we just wrap up? I don't think so. I think uh, I think we've covered it. Um, Want to give the thanks for all? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us with uh, through these games. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, the first uh, episode on Persona One. Uh, you can, uh, drop us a line if you have thoughts on Persona, uh, Strange Journey, or, uh, the, uh, Double Summoner game we got coming up. I'm not going to try and, uh, repeat that name right now. Uh, you can drop us a line at, uh, Marathon at gmail.com. 
You can also uh, rate and review us on iTunes, which is much appreciated and really, really helpful as far as uh, getting the word out. Or you can uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, just look for Megaton Marathon on Facebook. Uh, share it with friends. Uh, let people know that there's this uh, insane podcast devoted to playing every uh, Megaton game. And, uh, yeah, yeah, all the, uh, all the word of mouth stuff has been phenomenal. You know, we are watching our listener numbers go up with each episode and, you know, we haven't done a lot of promotion and it's a niche thing and we really appreciate it. It's all, it's all coming through word of mouth. And so we really have to thank everybody who's already listening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there anything else, anything else, uh, you'd like to add? Oh, yeah, I have one thing I'd like to add. And, you know, just going into Persona 1, I think everyone should keep this piece of advice close to their heart. <laughs> life he, life ho, he ho, is not fair.